All right, we're live. All What's right, up, cool. man? How's What's it up? going? I'm doing, doing good, good, man. How's it, how's it going? Quarantine life, COVID? How are you living, man? Uh, you know, it was a little rough. We had to close the gym down and could not do any training whatsoever, um, which was, you know, good and bad. Um, I, I co-own the gym with Jay Clip, so obviously from a business standpoint, it was it, it could have been pretty bad. Um, thankfully, a lot of our members stuck with us, and um, you know, we just did a lot of stuff around the gym to update the gym and put some, you know, add some decor and we kind of updated some stuff in the strength and conditioning room and stuff like that. Um, gave uh, a lot of our fighters the chance to just kind of take a mental break and a physical break. You know, it's a tough sport because there isn't a season for us. Like there's been so many times where I'm training for a fight, I have the fight and then I think like I can breathe, but then all of a sudden I get booked something like five weeks later and then, you know, you never know like when your break is. Like oh, yeah. um, I've had, I've had times where there's been long periods of time, like, you know, six months between fights, but it's not like I was told that ahead of time, you yeah. know, yeah. you're always doing it in hindsight. Like, so for months and months, you're like training, like you don't know when a fight's going to come up, especially when you're in the UFC. Like I've probably taken half of my fights on like three weeks notice or less. Man. So, but I mean, I'm always in the gym cause I'm coaching and stuff like that, but it's just, it's tough because you never know when something can be on the horizon. So uh, it was good to just kind of like, you know what, there's, there's going to be nothing for a little bit. So a chance to heal up some things and kind of reset a little bit and then get back to work once we were able to get training again. Dude, for sure, man. First of all, I want to give a shout out to your gym. It's Pura, Pura Vida, right? Pure yeah. Life, right? Pure Life. Yeah. I love it. So our, our instructor that we got the gym, uh, like kind of passed down to us when he moved out of state. He's from Costa Rica. And so that's like a, a really popular phrase that they say in Costa Rica. Mm. You know, you think about like Aloha and Hawaii. So uh, okay, that's what we named the gym. But yeah, man, I like, I like the way you're approaching this. Mental break, like I love that because a lot of people get really stressed out, but looking at it in a positive light is so important, especially for fighters, man. And you're, you're an owner and a coach yourself. So it's like, you never get a break. You're always on the, on duty, right? Former yeah. fighter beast. I mean, we can't, we can't forget still fighting, that. Still fighting. It's just, Oh, I thought yeah. a former UFC fighter. My bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. I'm just really? in between contracts and they're signing a lot of people. You know, if I'm ready to go, I, I think I can get a contract. So I'm staying, I'm staying ready. I, I'm healthy again. Um, uh, with my last fight and after I had a lot of injuries, um, I blew up my left knee and I had a knee surgery. So that kind of took me all of, for, you know, I had, my last fight was March of 19. So that took me like all the rest of 19 to get better from. And then uh, we moved in, we bought a building for our gym. We moved our gym, expanded the gym. That took a while. We did all the construction work ourselves. So it was like right when we opened the gym from doing all the construction work, then COVID hit. So it's like, oh man. man. Like, but you still had more improvements in the strength and conditioning room, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Good time. Um, I mean, use that yeah, time. We're, yeah. we're always making good use of the time and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and we're back training and, and all that with a lot more restrictions, of course, right now. But um, we're back in the gym and everything's going good. Um, you know, we, we got Montel ready for his fight yeah. that he had recently. And then um, LFA has been putting some events together and they're going to have our guys on. 
So we're getting the fight team back rolling again. Yeah, I mean, with restrictions, how are you working with restrictions? Like, what, what is it like uh, certain people at a time, certain people per room, like that same kind of stuff? Yep, yep. Um, for a while, it was like a, a lot of distance between people, um, which it, when we first got back to training, it was basically just like running workout classes because you can't really grapple and keep six feet apart from each other. So, yeah. um, you know, at first it was like a lot of space. Then once we were able to kind of start training with each other again, we're still like wiping everything down all the time. Okay. Instead of cleaning the mats before the night starts and after, we're doing it in between every single class. So we had to, and everybody's like chipped in, you know, to help out, like wipe everything down and the mats and everything in between classes and stuff. And, you know, uh, face coverings and questionnaire at the door, and temperature checks and air purifiers and all, all sorts of stuff. So. I mean, for those that don't know, wiping down like a wrestling or Brazilian jiu-jitsu like gym, it's not something easy. Like, it's nasty. Like, it's really disgusting. <laughs> like, I've seen some videos where it's like, like, just wet. Like, it's just like nasty. So that's, like, that's time consuming. You know, because it's, it's summertime, you know what oh, I yeah. mean? And it's a lot of people sweating and stuff. So it's almost like we got to use dry, dry material first to just dry everything. Yeah. And then we get to clean it and then we just let it air dry. So we've had to like really stretch our schedule out. We used to just go like class, 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 class. And now it's like a class. And then we've got a half an hour for the mats to get and everything to get completely cleaned down and then for it to dry. And then the next class starts. So we're, so we're working with it, man. Do you think like, um, you know, you're a coach and everything. Do you think that it's possible to get ready for a five round fight in this time? Do you think to be fully ready, like fully prepared? Um, I mean, it would be tough, but we've seen it. You know, they've had they've had title fights recently, and and it, I didn't really see anyone that didn't look themselves. You know what I mean? It's not like <clears throat> all of a sudden the fourth and fifth round, the two fighters were just dogging it and looking. Can I yeah. can I swear? Sorry, I was about to swear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. you can. All right. say yeah, whatever, bro. It's not like they were looking like shit or anything. You know what I mean? So. Man, that Max Holloway, Alex Volkanovski fight, like, they did it. So, it, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd have to do a lot, of, a lot of sprints, man. Sprints will get you ready. Sprints. Yeah, yeah. You know, sprints, like, the hormonal response from sprints, like, dude, like, explosiveness. So, honestly, like, that's, like, my go-to thing now. Like, I'm not even – I'm not a fighter or anything, but that's, like, when you don't have a squat rack – well, you know, when you don't have like dumbbells or anything, like, dude, sprints are so good. And you'll see progress, you know? Like, go uphill a sprint, you'll be dead. Like, it's like you never worked out. Oh, for sure. And especially yeah. like a little rest, do it again. Little rest, do it again. Oh, Just man. Keep yourself like that, that'll, that'll get you in shape. So, are you in charge of strength and conditioning and, you know, and like MMA stuff? Or, like, or is it just you have we do thing? We do have a strength and conditioning coach at the gym. And, um, you know, he kind of runs like his own separate business out of our gym. And um, he works with a lot of our high level athletes. He's also has a lot of his own clients. Um, I work with him all the time. Um, some of our like our amateurs and stuff that, um, you know, we're always here to like help people kind of come up with like a basic plan to help get them started. And then when they really want to take it to that next level, we have a coach here that they work with. I understand. What about nutrition? How does that go? Uh, he also helps with nutrition as well. Um, okay. I've got a little bit of a background, but uh, 
you know, if, if somebody's got like a kind of a little bit more complicated situation, I'll kind of pass it off on him. Yeah. So that's actually interesting, man. Like, so you kind of, there aren't a lot of coaches that like that do it all. Right. Cause you know, you're a head coach, fighter, uh, nutritionist, like, you know, like a well-balanced coach, like there's you, there's like Farah Sahabi, right? Like there, there's some like MMA, I think is, it'll be fully advanced when you have one coach that could teach you kickboxing, you know, like jujitsu, wrestling, everything. Right. It has that's, like the day. Sorry. What were you saying? Yeah. I'm just saying like, that's what I think helps separate our gym a little bit from other gyms. Um, we really focus on blending the disciplines together. So it's not like I've got this one discipline that I'm kind of biased towards and I'm not afraid. I like, I don't want to let go of that, that discipline that I grew up doing, you know, like from the beginning, when I first started doing jujitsu, it was like, you know, I, of course I did gi jujitsu. I earned my black belt, but a lot of the jujitsu focus was like around what works in a self-defense situation or an MMA fight, like when strikes are thrown, you know, like even, even my jujitsu game in, in the gi as well, um, is as heavily based around like, a real situation you know mm. I'm, I'm not like really big in the sport jujitsu um yeah. style and am i striking as well like um you know if you're just purely one style or the other you're going to be susceptible to things whether it's a takedown or whether it's kicks or low kicks or whatever so um you know i always learn my striking like being aware that I could get low kicked, being aware that I could get knee to the face, being aware that I could get taken down. So, and then, you know, getting all of our disciplines to blend together, um, transitioning between striking and grappling and wall work and, and all in jujitsu and all that kind of stuff. So as a coach, right. And, and a BJJ guy, right. What do you think is more important, starting out with a wrestling base or starting out with a jiu-jitsu base? Because we might we're, we might have that welterweight title next between Kamaru and um, what's the guy's name? Gilbert Burns, right? Yep. Yeah. And he's a jiu-jitsu guy and Kamaru's a just straight-up wrestler. We don't see Kamaru really submit guys like that. So right. what do you think is more important to, have, to start out with as a base? I think to start out with, it's probably more important to have a, a wrestling background, yeah. I would think. Because... Yeah. Um, one thing you're used to that grind and that's what it takes to, to get anywhere in the sport, man, it's, it's a grind, you know, like you're going to have to deal with some adversity and there's so many skills to know. You have to show up to practice a lot. If you're just kind of one of like these hobbyists that like, yeah, I want to get to the UFC, but I'm just going to train like two or three practices a week. Like it's not going to happen. You know? So like wrestlers just know how to grind. Like, a lot of our collegiate wrestlers um, are the guys that are here the most. They just look at it like, I got to show up every day, you know? Um, and besides that, when we're talking the skills, I mean, if you can dictate where the fight takes place, that, that's a big thing, right? Like a jiu-jitsu oh, yeah. guy, the fight, every single round, that, that fight's going to start standing. And a lot of jiu-jitsu people, they don't focus on their takedowns as much. And... Uh, if you can't get the fight to the ground, well, you're not going to be able to use your jiu-jitsu skills. You know, if yeah. you teach a, a really top level wrestler, like just some submission defense, they're, they're, they can win a lot of fights. You know, we see that too. Like we, we see, you know, people try to like guillotine Kamaru or like guillotine Habib, like, dude, they know this, like they're ready for it. They know, yeah. they understand the position so well that they don't need to have a jiu-jitsu black belt, you know? 
another thing that is that you're talking about like that kind of matchup and, and now Gilbert is top notch, top level, oh, yeah. you know, oh, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't do these kind of mistakes, but a lot of jujitsu players, when they start fighting, they'll get in those situations where it's a scramble and they will accept their back. They'll, they'll like concede top position and play bottom. And if you play bottom in a fight, you're going to get wrecked. Like yeah. top is king. And all of our jujitsu is based around, you know, we've got really aggressive guards here. Um, a, a lot of people got really good guards, but when that's not working out, like we get underhooks and we get back up to our feet. You know what I mean? Yes, like we're yeah. not going to sit there and, and play guard all night and we're not going to try to regard and, and stuff like that. Like we're trying to get to our knees and wrestle. Yeah, I'm ha- you know, it's crazy. Uh, me and Zach, uh, me and, uh, sorry, Johnny Case, we were just talking about that. We were like, yo, they say that, like, you know, Tony could win a fight off his back. You cannot win five rounds on your back. You're not going to win the fight. Like, you're just not yeah, going totally to. Different. Yeah. Not in this thing. You know, I mean, unless they switched up the judging, uh, the scoring criteria, and were a lot more specific about that area, like, the, the scoring is so gray right now. Yeah. And, you know, scoring's all over the place. And, it's 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 nearly impossible nowadays to win off your back. I mean, you know, of course, unless you're submitting someone. Submitting, but yeah. If you're just if you're just trying to like control them and, and land elbows and punches off your back, the damage just isn't there for the judges. It's exhausting too having a heavy guy on top of you. The whole like like dude twenty it like their guys that spend like eight maybe the first round on their back and they don't come out the same fighter. The different fighter when they come out the second round, like they look defeated after the first round. We've seen that before. Like yeah. the, the notion that you could win a fight, you know, like, oh, this guy's good off his back. So he'll give this guy some problems. It'll go five rounds, though. It's like, can't happen. Right? Like, you just can't. Yeah. And you, got, you have so much more gravity on your side and everything's, you know, you're able to get that, that distance that you need to land good strikes when you're on top. When you're on bottom, even when you're landing, you could land numbers, but like, there's really nothing on them that much. It's more just an annoyance for the person on top. Yeah. Um, I, I had one fighter in a fight that, was just like constant striking off of his back. He wasn't like trying to get up or get out. He wasn't trying to submit me. He was just trying to like punch me off of his back. And it just, it was so fucking annoying to me that it made me posture up more and like want to smash him with elbows even harder because he was just annoying me so much with his little like baby punches to my ears and stuff. So all it did was make me like more pissed off and it made the fight worse for him by him doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like the only thing that like striking wise you could have off your back is elbows. Like we've seen people get cut up from the bottom. Like that's, I understand that, but you're not going to finish a fight and you have to get a submission, man. And I'm happy you say this. I'm happy as a, as a jujitsu guy, you say this. I'm happy you say this. Cause like the, the now, notion. Again, again if, you, if you're mixing in that, you know, maybe a jujitsu person, they're, they're just grabbing a wrist and they're trying to stuff to a triangle or something like that. Well, like you see that coming all from a mile away. But if you are using some strikes, uh, O'Day Osborne on our team, he's got a really aggressive, good guard. He's uh, submitted a lot of people and stuff, and he submits people in the gym all the time. But he does make use of his elbows and his punches. He gets you worried about that, boom, and then the triangles and arm bars and stuff start start popping up. So um, if you just are one way or the other, it's, it's not as good. But, again, like that effectiveness, yeah. using your strikes to set up the submissions – you know, it's something that we emphasize. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I think jujitsu is like honestly the most interesting aspect of MMA, in my opinion. It's just like so cool to me. But the thing is, though, in like a five round fight, right? 
round four, even after like round two, when it gets slippery, right? Like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with like, you know, grabbing that leg and, you know, grabbing that, you know, it's so slippery. Like you see guys not even be able to take, get a takedown, you know? So how do you deal with that as a coach? Or in I, think, I think a lot of people, um, it, it goes back to the way that they train. So a lot of our wrestlers, college wrestlers, it's like, it's like an unwritten rule or something for them. Like they, they show up to practice all the time in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt and wrestling shoes. And I, I always tell those guys like, take all that shit off because when you're so used to grappling and doing MMA in general, whether it's striking, grappling, whatever we're doing, and you're used to all that clothing, that's a lot of friction. You know, it's yep. like you have a gi on all the time. And even though the person can't grab it like they can a gi, there's a lot of friction there. And you get used to training that way. And um, you, have to, you have to try to mimic the fight as much as possible. So there's a lot of times on Saturdays where the ground's slippery, we're slippery, and you know, we just encourage it. Like, you know, we tell the guys, take your shirts off, you know, because there's a big difference when just wearing a t-shirt and, and grappling with somebody versus, uh, with their shirt off. Yeah. I've I've been in fights and, you know, early on, but I, we were all basically Jake and I were like self-taught when it came to MMA at, at the early stages. And, you know, we've brought in great coaches on board on our, on our team and everything like that. But, when I was having my, my first amateur fights, like I just kind of learned a lot of this the hard way. You know, there was, there was some camps where all my sparring, all my drilling was done with boxing gloves. And then all of a sudden I get in the fight and these small MMA gloves are coming at me and I'm like, whoa, like yeah. it, it really yeah. threw me off. You know, then from that point on, it was like, I need to spar with MMA training gloves. You know what I mean? And those early lessons we learned. There was a fight where I was I was trying to cut a lot of weight, so I was putting on a ton of layers of clothes, and I got in the fight, and there was a ton of grappling, and he was just like slipping out of everything, and it's like I got to train shirtless sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we try to get our our fighters to mimic the real thing as much as possible. So we see now that a lot of guys are taking short notice fights right like you were one of those guys like you know you know more about that than most people but you know guys have these long training camps brutal training camps and like they they have their best rounds in the gym like that's that's a fact right now we we see guys like like justin gaethje come out and put on the performance of their lives off of like not not like gaethje had a decent training camp not a full training camp but do you think that like that um overtraining culture is like a thing in you know mma like guys are just killing themselves in the gym you know working out like you hear about guys like oh this guy works out six hours a day it's like yo that's not how like how do you not how do you do that and like how does a coach not tell their student like their student that like dude you gotta take it easy you're gonna have the best performance of your life you know like what's what's your take on that oh man yeah i got a lot to say about this um overtraining is definitely a thing in mma I think a big reason why it happens is because there's a lot of different facets to MMA, right? We're not just boxing. We're not just wrestling. We got all this stuff going on. So it's like, you got to get your strength and conditioning in, right? You're also trying to make a weight class. So you're on probably like restricted calories. And then you do, you do your work. You're getting in this kind of work. You're getting in that kind of work. And then I think where people do, what people do is they're like, 
oh man, it's been like two days since I worked my boxing. So I got to do boxing tomorrow. Otherwise I'm going to get behind on my boxing. And it's like, yeah, but you just like wrestled and you just did wall work and you just, you, you know, like there's, there's so many different facets that I think people, they want to stay on top of everything. And by doing that, you just, you overtrain, you know? Oh, and yeah. I think, um, especially as you get older and more experienced, like you just need to sharpen that blade and just add little tools to the toolbox. You know, like I already know what I'm doing in there. So I don't, I don't need to train six hours a day to feel like I'm ready. We're, we're only fighting for 15 minutes. That's it. Yeah. Like it's not a 45 minute long boxing match. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a it's a 15 minute long fight unless you know you're going for a title well you know good for you for that but um true yeah you know it, it's it's not a marathon it's it's a sprint you know um i i know a lot of guys that had a lot of success um limiting their training practices to like short durations like i know some people that they just they train hard for 30 minutes and then that's it and then, yeah. you know, maybe later in the day, they train for like another hard 30 minutes. And I'm not talking like, oh, kind of sit around and talk and drill this move or whatever. No, like they're, they're like drilling, like drill, oh, drill, drill, yeah. drill, 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 for like 30 hard minutes. And then that's it, you know? And, uh, and well, you, somebody might be like, yeah, they're only working out for like an hour to like an hour and a half a day. That's it. And it's like, yeah, that, that's, that's all you need. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's stress you're like, levels. Like your stress, cortisol levels go up, you know, like you're beating your body up. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You get like, yeah. Like the, especially like stress levels, like they, they say that you should keep it to, if you're going to work out for an hour a day, make it 30, 30 hard, no, no distractions and get out of there, you know, like yep. fuel your body and everything and on a, on a calorie deficit, you can't be grinding like that. That's so bad for you. Right. Yeah. Oh, I would why, why do people do this then? Like, why do coaches let that happen? I think it's a confidence booster. So um, we've had a couple of our fighters that we thought were overtraining for a fight and, you know, had to have sit down talks with them. Hey, they're like, all right, are we ready for a pad session? And it's like, no, actually, you're going to go home right fucking now. And, <laughs> yeah. with and I don't want to see you for at least 24 to 48 hours. You know, they're like, what? Like, I got to get my pads in. I didn't get in yesterday. I got to get it in today. And it's like, relax. Like, I, I think it's to give them confidence. Like they did everything they could to prepare for the fight. But that isn't always the work portion. That's also the rest portion. You know, like sometimes you have to let things marinate, not only for your body to, to recoup and recover, but also for your, your mental. Like if you're taking in too much information all the time and you're working on this and you're working on that, like nothing's going to stick. You're just throwing a bunch yeah. of shit to the wall and it's all, it's not, nothing's sticking, you know? Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have you focus on one thing, get that down, go home, let it marinate, let it sink in, come back tomorrow well, well rested, ready to push, ready to go, whatever, ready to work, stay focused. And uh, rather than just like putting in all these half-assed practices for six hours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, that, that shows a lot about the mindset of a fighter, man. Like they like work not working out is harder than working out. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy, man. But that, that's the kind of discipline you need, right. To, to make it far into the sport. 
but that's the and, kind of coach you, you know, need. You know, who else, you know who else tends to do that a lot is people that don't train as much when there isn't a fight. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden a fight comes up and they feel like they got to do all this to get ready. Whereas if you just – now, you're always going to ramp it up to get ready for that fight. But if you're starting from ground zero, you got a lot of work to do. They feel like they have a lot of work to do. Now all of a sudden you go from nothing to overtraining. It's all bad, right? You yeah. don't want to be down here. You don't want to be overtraining. You want to stay right in that zone. You, know, you want to train consistently. So then when there's that fight, you just ramp it up. You have the fight. That's it. You know? Add on to progress, right? You just, really? you know, exactly. Yeah, you know, that that's – and I think uh, gym culture is actually a big uh, – it's a big way to it's a great way to get fighters out uh, out of camp to still be working like you know getting their friend their buddies ready for for a fight and everything they're not going to go hard they're going to be eating like you know they're probably going to be in a surplus right they're going to be you know putting on weight or whatever but they're still staying active you know sparring dude that's that's what you have to do right yeah you said it too i mean right i mean if those those same people are there getting you ready for your fight you owe it to them to get them ready for their fights you know yeah and um, back before the gym grew to where it is now, where we've got good people, several, at like each increment all the way up through the weight classes. Um, you know, when the gym was a lot smaller and we were trying to get each other ready for fights, it was like we had to show up. Otherwise, people didn't have anyone. You know what I mean? Right. I had to get in there with a heavyweight to get him ready for his fight. And then I had to get in there with a 35er to get him ready <clears throat> and they you know what i mean like we just didn't have that many people to go around like if i didn't show up they wouldn't have that partner you know what i mean you felt that pace and power man that's t- that's tough yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know i'd i'd, I'd rather d- i'd rather deal with somebody bigger than me than somebody smaller dude muhammad ali used to spar with the uh, lighter weights yeah, you know they I'd, push the pace right you 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 get like a 45er that is just like scrambly as hell and hard to take down and he's got cardio and he's got hands like super like tons of speed in his hands it's like holy shit man like oh yeah you're a you're a handful you know what i mean yeah like slow your ass down calm down <laughs> like that's just like get off of me man you know yeah yeah like the, the guys down there man they don't get tired man like it's crazy it's no, I'd, I'd much rather, you know, deal with a guy that walks around at 200 pounds rather than somebody that walks around at 170 pounds oh, for yeah. me. I don't know. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Like that, that, that definitely yeah. makes sense. So nutrition wise, right. I'm, I'm like, I'm like fascinated by this stuff. Cause I feel like in nutrition, there's like to every good side, there's a bad side. Like, that's just like, you go, like you go down like the wormhole of nutrition and it's like, man, I can't seem to get like a solid answer on anything. And especially if you're preparing somebody for a fight, like you need to get it perfect because every little thing in camp, every little thing counts, like overfeed them with carbs, maybe they're carb sensitive fats, you know, like everything. How do you, how do you deal with it? Like give like a little overview. Cause like, it's like a huge topic and of course you can't cover everything, but like what, what's your, um, how do you yeah. kind of go about this? Sure. So everyone's a little different. Um, I'll tell you what I do, just to give you an example. Um, basically, if it wasn't natural, like you could think like, if God didn't make it, then I don't need it. So if a, a, a person had to like put this together in order for me to eat it, then I don't need it. So 
um, you think about like breads and pastas, like that doesn't just grow out of the ground, right? Yeah. If somebody had to process that to make it into a loaf of bread, so then I don't eat it. Um, okay. I, I also stay away from dairy. Um, I feel like my body just is way less inflamed when I, when I cut dairy out. I'm taking so, notes, man. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. notes right now. So yeah, keep going. Yeah, so I don't uh, – no cheeses or milk or anything like that. Um, I do consume – What about yogurt? Eggs. What about yogurt? yogurt? Okay, so Greek, Greek yogurt, um, I limit, but I will have once in a while. Okay. Um, usually in the morning, I stick to whole eggs – I don't do egg whites. I, I want that. I need that fat. Yeah. And you, that's usually when I have some fruit as well. Um, usually like blueberries or a banana. Um, mm. That is if I don't fast. If I, if I have an early workout, I don't like to eat and then go work out. I kind of feel sluggish. I'd rather yeah. get a workout. If I'm going to have an early workout, I like to do that in an empty stomach. So what I'll do is I'll get up. I'll drink like a whole glass of water and I'll have black coffee. And then I'll get that workout in and, and I, I won't eat until later in the day. So I kind of like use that as a little intermittent fasting. Yeah. Time what kind of workout? What, what kind of workout exactly do you do? Like any, any, Usually I'll do like strength and condition. I, I never do skills training early in the morning because we just don't have class and good yeah. luck getting a fighter to get in here at 9 a.m. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, or 8 a.m. So if I do a workout – um an early one it's usually a strength and conditioning workout and that could be anything depending on where i am if i'm out of camp or in camp or how far out from a fight but a lot of times i'll do my strength and conditioning um so say it's like at eight or nine a.m i'm not going to eat breakfast i'm just going to yeah. have black coffee so i i don't want to eat something even little because then that's going to spark my insulin to start right. kicking in and that's going to shut down like H, like the human growth hormone and stuff like that. So I, uh, I'll go into that workout fasting, black coffee. I won't eat until later. However, if I, I'm not going to get my strength and conditioning workout in until like noon or one o'clock or something, then I'll, I'll eat breakfast. And yeah. You know, too. cause I was just about to say like, just like, um, you know, gyms are kind of dangerous right now, right? Like public gyms. So what I do, you know, some of my buddies now, we mask up and everything. We go six in the morning, you know, six in the morning, right at sunrise, we go to um, the gym, right? Nobody's there. It's just us. Wipe everything down everything. But I'm not going to eat at 6 a.m. because I, I do intermittent fasting. And it's like, I don't want to have my last meal at like <laughs> in the middle of the day, you know? So it's like, what we do is, you know, a lot of water, of course. You have to do a lot of water. You feel like crap. Um, and then, but I've heard like, you know, people in like the community are like, you know, the bros. I don't know if it's a bro thing or not. It's like, you're going to lose muscle or you're going to like break down your body on an empty stomach. Is that tr any truth to that or no? No, I don't think so. I mean, if you're getting real extreme with your intermittent fasting, like say you're only eating within a three or four hour time window every day and you're like a professional athlete and you're training multiple times a day, uh, that I, I don't know if that's the best route to go. Okay. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to need some fuel on board to get you through, the, through those workouts. If, if you're working out like four times a week and you're doing an intermittent fasting program, I would encourage it. Um, okay. 
Yeah. So when you do break your fast, right? How much after your workout do you break the fast? Um, I, it depends on when I had that workout, but I, I try to, if I decide like, okay, this is going to be like a fasting morning. I That's try to meant, push yeah. it. I try to push it well into the day. Wow. So sorry. Are you talking about the workout or the meal? The, the, the meal. Okay. So like, let's say in eight and eight, nine in the morning, you work out, right. Yeah. Then around what time would you have your, your first meal? Around what time? Uh, early afternoon. Wow. Matt, how do you do that? Like, I'm, I'm just busy during the day. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go, go to the gym, come back home. So that's probably like the fridge is right there. But I mean, yeah. you know, I know that, that I'm sure that you have to be very specific on what you break your fast with because your insulin, you know, you don't want to spike that up like that. Right. I mean, you right. probably what blueberries, you know, things like that. Yeah, I, I also, I'll, I'll try to break it with something like high fat and high protein so that okay. my body like thinks, okay, this is what I need to burn. Like I need to burn some fat, you know what I mean? Mm. So I'll do like chicken thigh with avocado kind of stuff mm. and like some vegetables. And that's, that's usually what I break the fast with is something a little bit higher fat, higher, higher protein. So uh, for, for your carbs, right? Like fruit, especially, right? What's your go-to fruit? Because, you know, I'm just a college student. Fresh fruits are expensive, man. Like they're, they're expensive. You got to stick with one or that's your wallet. So what's your, cause I love dates, like dates, like those, like, I think I've defeated a sugar, sugar craving with dates. I love oh, yeah. dates, man. Oh, yeah. Culturally, yeah. that's our culture. You know, like yeah. I love it. So I know that they're really sweet though. So it's like, does that really make a difference? Cause I know they're loaded with energy, but are they going to spike my insulin like that? Dates specifically, man, you're asking me some tough questions. I'm sorry, um, man. You're the expert. No, this is good. This is good. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about like their glycemic index. Yeah. You know, um, I, I eat dates 100% after every weight cut, like from when I weigh in, until I fight, like I'm consuming dates, like potassium. Crazy. Is that why? Oh, potassium. Yeah. Like, especially right after I weigh in, like, you're not going to want to sit down to like a full meal right away. Yeah. Like you feel like shit, your stomach's all shrunk up. You can only eat a little bit at a time. Like usually the first little bit of solid food I have is, is dates. You know, that's, that's, that's crazy. Cause like, you know, I'm Muslim, right? Uh, uh, that's my religion. And we fast in Ramadan. And when we break your fa our fast, dates and water. That's, that's what we do, dates and water. And like, I see it, right? Like, I, I see the benefits because dates, dates can revive you. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, after a long day of no food, no water, dates, it's like, it's like a, it's crazy, man. It's so, a, yeah, it's a miracle. And it works quick, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's good because then you could probably eat a big meal after you have like dates, right? Like, you're, you're digesting oh, yeah. and you're getting it going, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to get full on them, you know? Um, but yeah, then like a lot of the other stuff, um, I don't eat a, a lot of red meat. Um, Slows you down, right? A little bit? It, it does. I, I feel like there's a happy medium. So mm. I don't know if anyone else has kind of felt like this if they've done what I've done. But um, if I stay away from red meat for like six weeks, I just kind of feel like lethargic. So, But if I eat red meat all the time, I'm going to feel like weighed down and lethargic as well 
So yeah. it's like a happy medium. It's like getting that iron and that good, like that animal fat and animal protein in you. But then at the same time, uh, and so like what I do is I, I, I do it once a week. Mm. So that's I'll, what, that's what George Lockhart said. He said the same I'll, thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He said the same so thing. Do yeah. like a, there's a, a guy that I train with quite a bit. He, um, his grandfather owns a bison farm in between yeah, wow. Chicago and Milwaukee. So, uh, I'll get a bunch of bison steaks from him and I, I really enjoy that during training camp. So I got a fight coming up, say like six weeks out or whatever. Boom. Like say it's a Friday night and I'm going to spar hard on Saturday. I'll have like a bison steak on, you know, my Friday night dinner. And that, oh, yeah. That helps me out. Yeah. Like things like bison steak, like wild caught salmon. Oh my God. Like that, that could, that fuels you. Yeah. I eat a ton of fish. What's your favorite? What's your go-to fish? Salmon. Oh yeah. Uh, like I probably two, two nights a week, you know? Yeah. Two, two out of the seven nights during the week. It's, it's salmon, specifically salmon. Yeah, you know, I never actually liked salmon, but um, like my dad, he got it from, you know, a while ago, he got it from like a farmer's market, right? Like wild caught, like a fat piece of fish. You Like you cook it and just the fat is just oozing out. It's like, no, this is the real deal. Like a fish is a hustler, like loaded with nutrients, loaded with fat. And it's delicious too. Like it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can season it up however you want. You know, sometimes if it's early in camp, I'll do like a, a garlic type you know yeah little olive oil type thing and then oh, uh, yeah. you know sometimes i do like um a real spicy kind of cajun seasoning on it so you, you can gotta do that stuff yeah you gotta do that after training though because <laughs> you eat salmon before training you're not training right like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it's good recovery yeah for sure for sure but also eggs i think is eggs are like you know, people, everybody says have eggs, have eggs. But I think that there's a specific kind of like the, the free range, you know, pasture raised, like the orange, deep orange yolk, right? Is the, I'm sure you get that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in Wisconsin, it's not hard to come by. So oh, man. here, man, yeah. you can't find them. Like you go to Costco and it's like a mixture of like bright yellow and like white. It's like, what am I eating right now? It's like that you crack open the egg and it's like the yolk is, the egg white comes out as like water splash oh, over yeah. the pan it's yeah. like these these are the like mass production eggs you know it's like i don't know and i know they say the color of the yolk is dependent on the the diet of the chicken right so it's like yeah. the more orange dark orange it is the like the less crap the, the chicken was fed you know sure these yeah little I mean, things. I, with everything you're gonna want to stay as organic as possible especially with the way food's made nowadays you know it's not like when my parents were kids and you know, they just, every vegetable they ate was like out of their grandmother's garden and, yeah. and you know, fruits were only available when it was in season. Now it's mm. like you could, you could eat any kind of fruit, any time of the year. You know what I yeah. mean? You could get a pomegranate in the summer, man. Like how, why, why? <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy. I mean, yeah, like, Th that's what I meant, you know, in nutrition, like you, you go down the wormhole and it's like, oh yeah, eat this, eat this. But it's like, like there's all these caveats, you know, all these constraints, everything. Like, and there's all these different diets and fads that are out there, but you gotta, you gotta pay attention to what you're doing. I mean, if you're a high level athlete, especially in our sport where there's a lot of ex explosiveness, you know, you go to defend a takedown, you know, you're every, 
everything in your body is like working hard quickly. Um, you're throwing a hard body kick or something. It's important. You need carbs. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think keto is a diet for a professional MMA fighter. Um, you know, pro- may, maybe for other people they've they've had gains with it, and you know, good for them. But I, I think uh, MMA fighters need carbs. But you got to pay attention to the right carbs. You know, you don't you want know, to eat pizza crust for your carbs. You want. I, what I do you go to carbs? Rice. I eat a lot of rice. Um, White sweet rice? potatoes, sweet potatoes, red potatoes. You know, I used to stick to brown rice, and I don't feel like there's a big difference. I eat a lot of jasmine rice. Same. So I eat a lot of jasmine rice, uh, red potatoes, sweet potatoes. Uh, fruit early yeah in the day if i if i do fruit and what about what about like a, a good sweetener replacement like what about real maple syrup like let's say you use that like you have a craving it does it really make a difference or is it still going to just shoot up that blood that blood sugar level because it has a high glycemic index i'm sure right but it's not as high as like processed sugar right or what about brown sugar things like this like what's your opinion I- once in a while i think it's good to mix up in your system like give your body that that little bit yeah because it people like your body will get used to whatever you're doing and it's going to plateau so occasionally you kind of got to like get outside the box a little bit um sometimes if somebody's like dieting so freaking hard and they're like super to the t and they're working out hard all the time and all of a sudden they just get burnt out and even they have a rest day and they still like they wake up in the morning and their heart rate is still pretty high it'll be like dude go eat a piece of cake like artificial (laughs) cake and then let's go get a workout in you know what i mean like you just need to hit that reset button once in a while and get your body guessing a little bit you know what i mean because it'll get used to it it'll find a way to kind of just find a balance with whatever you're eating so you got to keep it guessing here and there oh yeah like i ask because like like i have a sweet tooth right i have a sweet tooth but you know my mom she makes these like black bean brownies and they're like i don't understand they're so good like you know real cocoa powder real i'm like this shouldn't be good you had those have you yeah 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 i've had them you know i give them to my friends and they're like yo this is amazing i'm like i could live off of this man i don't need i don't need a dessert anymore I don't there, there's so many shitty substitutes out there, but those are, those are good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's like, fill. you know, you got your protein, you get your carbs. You could do chickpeas too. Honestly, I think chickpeas are low key better. In a, I, in I have not tried chickpeas. You have to try it out. Gotta okay. try it out, man. This, this is my, this is the, I learned so much from you today. This, this is the little <laughs> bit I'll give you. you gotta try the chickpeas. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, like, um, another thing that like I hear, I saw this video the other day of like Faraz Sahabi talking about George St. Pierre's uh, fasting, right? And he's like, this guy does a 23-hour fast every day and works that two, two times a day. What? Like, how? Like, does that, is, is he just a freak? Like, is he I, I just a freak? Wonder if, I, would, I would wonder if he actually kept that going or if that was just like a period of time that he was doing that because that's, that's tough for me. Yeah, I mean, he said, uh, like, Faraz was saying, he's like, I started a couple of days ago because George said it increases testosterone levels, growth hormone levels. Like, he yeah. felt like a beast. But that's just George, right? Like, George is George, man. And everyone's different, you know? Maybe I, I can kind of tell just by, like, his frame and stuff a little bit. He probably was never, like, a big eater. 
Yeah. And so, you know, he can kind of push those limits a little bit. Like my mom, like I, I never see, I've never seen her sit down to like a meal. Like Dude. while she's cooking, <laughs> she kind of nibbles. And then while you got, while everyone else is eating her dinner, she just kind of like nibbles and then that's it. And it's like, yeah. do you ever eat? You know, like she's not a big eater. <laughs> Whereas my dad, on the other hand, is like me, you know, like we can, we can put some food down, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. so, I don't know. Everyone's different. And hmm. just genetics. Like, oh yeah. And, and like, what's your thoughts on Yoel Romero, man? What's your thoughts on that guy? I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, like, do you think he's natural? Like, do you think? I, I think he's natural now, but I, I don't think he was natural his entire adult life or even okay. in his teen years, you know? Um, I, I don't know his full history, but I'd assume that even from a, a younger age, you know, like pre-adulthood, he was probably, you know, in Cuba in a very structured training environment where they are probably doing some enhancement type things yeah. to make the best of their athletes. And um, I, I think even on Joe Rogan or something, I think he admitted that there was a time where he did uh, performance enhancing drugs uh, mm. early in his wrestling career. Um, but it is pretty remarkable that he's as old as he is and still competing at such a high level like he is. Um, yeah. you know, I, I believe USADA is doing a good thing and mm. um, doing a good job with what they're doing. Uh, some people probably have slipped through the cracks, especially sure. as of recently. Things evolve. You know, it, it kind of seemed like right when USADA came on board, you saw all these people like plummet, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, uh, the Johnny Hendricks and the, um, Eric Silva guy? and all these people, uh, Vitor Belfort. And Vitor stuff, Belfort, right? yeah. Even other people that you think maybe weren't on it, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people. It's it's funny to see like how well they're doing, and then all of a sudden Usada comes in, and all of a sudden they just suck. But um, but. All of a sudden, then over time, it was like all of a sudden we kind of started to see those bodies again, those veiny, hard, super muscular. Like I, I, I can't. I, I, I want to still compete for a long time, but half of me too, like can't wait to stop competing so I can go back to doing like bicep curls and stuff in the <laughs> gym. You know what I mean? Because like the MMA training, it's, it's gonna get you really fit, and. Right but it's going to build you for like endurance strength. It's going to build you for a lot of different things. And it's not always the most aesthetic looking body, but yet sometimes some of these guys show up to the cage and they just look like out of their mind. And it's like, were you training for MMA or were you just doing like bench press for the last six weeks? You know what yeah. I mean? Like Paulo Acosta. Yeah. Yeah. Paulo Acosta. And, um, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird again. It's like, I, I wonder if some people kind of figured out what USADA was doing I'm sure. and found a way around it. You know, how did TJ Dillashaw get away with so much for so long? Exactly. Like, what? Exactly. How does that work? You know? Do you, do you, do you say test them all? Test them all the way back? I, you said that? Everybody all the time. As yes, much sir. as yes. oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's this isn't like a basketball game. Like we're literally trying to hurt the other person. And if you're getting such an edge on that person, whether it be like a, a, an endurance type drug or a steroid 
um, I I just think it's super fucked up. Like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're literally putting that other person's health at risk because you're trying to get an edge. It's it's super messed up. I I, I wish the max penalty on anyone that tests positive for stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that should that should be like, dude, you could kill somebody in there, man. Like it, for those for those supplement companies that put some sh- little stuff tainted. in tainted on purpose or what's going on because they want people to get results. You know, like say, say I wasn't competing anymore and I start taking this protein shake. If all of a sudden I start to get all these results after taking the protein shake, I'm going to want to keep taking it. I'm going to want to tell other people, Hey, you got to try this stuff. It works great. And the average person never gets tested. Right. Yeah, I mean, who gets, who gets drug tested for supplements? No, one, exactly. Right? So exactly. it's like, well, why not put this little bit of stuff in there? Well, then now you have all these fighters that are getting popped, and they're like, seriously, like I didn't do anything wrong. I have an unopened package of protein from this company, and it gets it gets tested, and it shows that it's tainted with with bad shit. That's that's super messed up too. I hope those companies face the the harshest. Hundred percent. Well. Do you think that you think that like. UFC or like USADA should just have their own supplements. Like, do you I think, think so? I yeah. think so. I agree. I think they should come out with their own supplements with their own testing protocol because, it, you know, us as fighters all the time, too, like, we're not, most of us aren't, you know, like big multimillionaires with these Nike deals and all this kind of stuff, yeah. right? So, any little free gear or free stuff that we can get, you know, we're going to use our so- social media platform or whatever. We're going to try to you know, show some love back to these people, but it's hard to say no to people that are, Hey, how about I'll send you 10 kegs of protein and BCAAs and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, sure, man. Thanks. And I don't have $10 million in my account to just give that stuff away and then go and use, you know, the, the expensive stuff that I prefer. Like if someone sends me, you know, 10 jugs of protein, well, like that's going to be my protein for the next Exactly. And like now this asshole, you know, tainted it with whatever. And now I face the consequences. That's, that's messed up. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Pe- pe- we, I think, uh, especially after the TJ fight, you know, it's kind of like gone down to talk about USADA and everything. I think that there needs to be, I think that there needs to be a real big, uh, change in judging and steroid testing because even like the testing, you know, I think everybody should get tested all the time, but they're like, you hear like, man, they woke me up six in the morning to test me the day, the day before my fight or something like that. And, you know, I felt sluggish all day, something like that. Like, I think that, that there needs to be a real understanding about the lifestyle of a fighter. And um, just like, I think that these problems just can't be solved that easily. You know, it's like the judging issue. It's like, who's going to judge? Like fighters can't judge because, you know, they might be biased. Like, let's say like, I don't know, Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold's fighting Cormier is the the judge. Like you can't you can't go by that, right? And like, yeah, no, I mean, there there are things in place to kind of try to prevent that. Um, I know around in in the state of Wisconsin, like all the judges and stuff, like you can't be affiliated with anyone or any past kind of you know like connection or anything like that. Um, but I don't know. There's, I think there should be more judges. People are people are people, and you know. Um, Hey, one of the things too with USADA, like with this whole, the, the whole fight island thing, like I was there, I didn't see any USADA people, like 
I know Montel didn't get tested that whole week. Like, cause you know, they're, they're giving everybody, they're flying everybody out there. Like, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any USADA people since like COVID happened and they started doing fights again. So really, cause I know Alex Volkanovsky was like, before the max fight, I, I did bad because or, like, I didn't put on the best performance cause USADA tested me the morning of or something oh, like that. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Like six okay. in the morning, like they woke me up and I was like, that must suck. But yeah. <laughs> Crazy, crazy. Uh, that's good to hear because I was wondering. I was like, I didn't see any USADA people around like all week. And I'm like, this is kind of messed up. Like, <laughs> if anybody would cheat, you know, this would be the time to do it. Exactly, exactly. You want that edge because you didn't get, you feel like you didn't get a proper training camp and everything, right? Exactly. Man, I don't want to take too much of your time. So I have like this one final thing just for the clout. I need to ask you, like, who do you think is going to win in the next couple fights? Got to get my name up there. Got to get my podcast up there. So, Although, DC. Man, I, I got killed and I got killed recently. <laughs> so, what? I, I don't know if you would take my word on it. Man, MMA is just so hard to, to predict. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. thought for sure. Well, it was a lot of the Bellator fights. I thought for sure Curtis Millinder was going to beat uh, Hamasi. And he, he got beat. And then I thought, I thought Matt Mitrion for sure was going to be Tim Johnson. He and he got beat. Yeah, like, <laughs> Who else did I? Man, I just I got yeah, I got. Killed That's perfect. Whatever you say, we'll just go with the opposite. Yeah, do that. Do let's that. do that. All right, let's okay. do it for all the viewers. Just yeah. just remember that whoever's wants whoever wants to bet, here it is. DC Stepe three. Tough. Um, <laughs> I think you know DC won the first fight. I feel like he was winning the majority of the second fight. Yeah. I was literally screaming at the TV for DC to, to please start going to the body. And then all of a sudden, Stipe started doing it. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then sure enough, like, he, he got the finish. Yeah. But I think, I think DC's, like, has his number more than Stipe does. The thing that so. concerns me, the thing that concerns me is his age. You know, like, if you haven't fought in a year, but you're 30 years old, it's whatever. If you haven't fought in a year and you're 41, uh, and DC gets know. big, man. He gets big. You see him at the commentary box. Yeah, puts on some, puts on some weight, man. <laughs> but okay, and, so and who do you? Stepe just doesn't. Man. I'm gonna go with Stepe. All right, so DC for the viewers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about what's next? We got. Oh, Izzy Costa. Man, at first I wasn't really on board with Adesanya. And then he just kind of he, – he keeps getting better and better with the whole MMA style. Yeah. Um, I'm going to – I'm gonna, even though Costa – he proved that he can, like, go five rounds hard, I think uh, I'm going to go with Adesanya. Okay. Uh, Habib Gaethje. That's a crazy fight. Crazy fight. It, it, this comes down to if Gaethje gets roped into one of his on the stand and bang and whatever kind of fights. He, he was hitting with Tony and then getting off that center line and moving his feet, moving his head. If he sticks to that, he, can, he could beat Khabib. But I can't, I can't go against Khabib, man. I mean, come on, he's 28 No, going for 29. Yeah, you can't forget that, about that body of work he's put in. I'm going exactly. with Khabib. 
Yeah, me too. I, I think to so, be. man. That's my guy. That's my guy, you know. But, like, uh, I think that the Tony fight was good, but I always thought that a guy like Dustin Poirier or Gaethje could just beat Tony. Like, Tony makes too many mistakes, like, for a pure boxer. A pure boxer could, like, look at Dustin, man. His boxing is, like, amazing. Like, I'm a boxing guy. Amazing. It is great. I just – I never thought he had a chance against Khabib because he backs up a lot. Yeah. He, he does. If you look at, like – of the cage you know and where he spends most of his time it's around the outside and yeah. uh it's just that's Khabib's gonna put you against the fence and he's gonna grind on you until he gets you down but I was talking about Tony like no, a, yeah, no, I, I get it yeah I get it. yeah 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 but yeah. I see what you Tony mean it is a yeah I think Dustin is a good matchup for Tony but I didn't think it was a good matchup for for Khabib yeah yeah um another thing that people aren't really talking about is like Gaethje like the guy is clearly like he puts himself in the zone like really puts himself in the zone like he's ready to die in there and and you can't really say that about a lot of fighters but those like he like what Trevor Whitman asked him like or he asked Trevor Whitman is this two or three and he's like it's five like he's this guy's crazy right so my thing is that yes I think you can sustain that in a stand-up fight right but when you get put on the floor and like just held there and it's like oh i can't i can't move you start looking up at the time you start thinking like you put you out of that zone man like you saw and dustin he, and, and and he he lands some vicious ground and pound man oh it's nasty yeah it's nasty but i just think that mental edge that that people are giving to gaethje i think that like you can you stay in one place for too long and you're gonna start thinking you're gonna start thinking oh man i gotta get up now you know, like time, I got this much time left. And then you're in the moment. Gaethje, like, Gaethje's like, he's in the zone, but he's not like thinking about what am I going to do next? It's all reactive for him, right? And he's excellent. But that, but the mental thing like that, man, I got, I got to do something right now, but I can't, like that, that could have a toll on Gaethje because he's never been there before. He scrambles, gets back up and just hits you, right? So, yeah. I don't even know what's coming up after that. I think that's all we got. I think I think I'll get enough clout from the from the Habib DC. Like those guys click, they always click. So, but yeah. Cool. But hey, man, I appreciate you. This is awesome. I gotta, you know, hopefully in the future, man. Like we gotta do this again because you know I have so many questions that I still yeah. have. Like I just need to think of them. It's awesome, bro. Like well-rounded. I appreciate you, man. No all right, that's it for you guys. Peace.